0: OTB. Probably days we were questioning maybe whether this would ever happen first. So now I know, as I said, it's special and it'll be all undone is the only thing if we don't get over the line next week. So um, everything is writing on that one.
1: Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Andy Mitten is with us. Andy, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm okay, thank you. Um, it's been tradition over, I'd say, the last five years, where we would talk to you in the aftermath of a succession of defeats or a, tra- a transfer clearly not working out, or you know, significant difficulties. How is life for you at the moment? You must be, uh, you know, uh, d- different, happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Aside from getting absolutely soaked at Old Trafford by more biblical rains last night before the Charlton Athletic uh, League Cup quarter final. I think like most Manchester United fans, I'm I'm very happy uh, with the team which keeps on winning eight consecutive uh, wins, not conceding goals. With the manager, I was fortunate enough to have a a long sit down with him last month on a training camp in Spain and I came out of that meeting with a a higher opinion than when I went in. He knows his stuff, he knows exactly what he wants, the players respect him. After the game last night, uh, I spoke to Tom Heaton, the goalkeeper who made his debut over 20 years after making his reserve team debut for Manchester United. And he talked about the the way in which Ten Hag manages, the players respect him. Basically, if you're not playing well, you get dropped. It doesn't matter who you are. And I think all the calls he's made have been the right ones. Last night was enjoyable apart from the weather, Charlton Athletic managed by a big Manchester United fan from Salford didn't disgrace themselves at all. They conceded two late goals, so the 3-0 the scoreline maybe flattered Manchester United a little bit. But five minutes in, I thought it was going to be 5-6-0. United looked like they were going to destroy Charlton. They had 10,000 uh, travelling fans. I love it that the cup throws up huge ticket allocations like that and lots of travelling fans. And Because Manchester United have been drawn at home for eight consecutive cup matches now, the odds on that are two hundred and fifty-five to one, and it's definitely the travelling fans who are coming to Manchester United. I think United fans long for just one away game in the cup. It's been a while; it really has, pre-COVID.
1: Wow, I didn't realize that. Okay, Jesus. Yeah,
0: every single time the the draw comes out and it's Manchester United at home, and it's freaky. I mean, two hundred and fifty-five to one. I'm, I'm not convinced that if United reach the final of this competition, which would give them a good chance of winning a first trophy since 2017, that they won't switch the game from Wembley to Old Trafford. Because how are Manchester
1: United going to cope by playing a cup match away from Old Trafford? Well, it will definitely be interesting to see. And I'm sure if you're the manager, you're absolutely delighted because um, you're building a fortress, you're building home form... You're building that sense of occasion even around matches that aren't the bread and butter and um, it's It's a really good opportunity for Ten Hag to become associated with a team that wins trophies early in his tenure which is exactly what he needs, isn't it? Yeah, United
0: have not won a trophy since 2017. The cup competitions allow him to use some fringe players. Uh, Kobi Manu, a Mancunian made his uh, full debut last night. He did okay. Uh, Facundo Pallestri came on his first minutes since signing for Manchester United over two and a half years ago, he did really well. He was only on the pitch for 10 minutes. Marcus Rashford keeps on scoring. He's more prolific now than he than he has ever been because up until two months ago, you wouldn't have described him as being a prolific goal scorer. Casemiro is one of the best players in the world and shows it week in, week out. Rafael Varane didn't play against Charlton, but he shows why he's one of the best defenders in the world. So... There are positives all over. You can always pick out possible negatives or areas for improvement. Uh, Anthony, for example, cost a lot of money. Not quite happening for him, even though he scored against Charlton. He has been scoring a couple of important goals. Jadon Sancho is out the firing line at the moment. Anthony Martial is at least fit, but he's not firing, and goal scorers tend to need to score goals before too long. Uh, Harry Maguire as not at the season he would have expected. I saw you mention him um, before this interview started, but he, he played last night. He did OK, but he's someone who's going to want to be playing football. But he's not in the starting eleven of Ten Hag's best Manchester United side at the moment. So Manchester United has ever remained really interesting. There's loads of storylines around the club. Games coming thick and fast. There's a possibility that United could play six home games this month six i've never known anything like it it's rained at every one of them so far (laughs) when you produce a paper-based product like we do and have lads standing outside old trafford it's horrendous honestly it's so frustrating because we put so much time into it you get to the ground last night it was like someone just switched on a shower wasn't like mancunian drizzle it was just like standing there under
2: a power shower Anyway, enough of that. I wonder what the odds are of that as well. All the rain at all the home games, never mind the fact that they they have so many home games of late. Uh, Andy, we might pick apart a couple of the, the names that you just mentioned. Um, I remember an anecdote years ago when, when R- Wayne Rooney, I think, came back from, from injury and uh, some commentator or pundit said he was like a dog getting off a leash, chomping at the bit to, to play football. Marcus Rashford. Um, I know he only came on for, for uh, the last uh, while last night, but two brilliant goals. Uh, looks, looks like a man transformed, Andy.
0: Yeah, he is. There's a couple of reasons for that. He had a full pre-season, and so only the second time that that that's happened. So I spoke to him in Perth pre-season, at the end of a successful pre-season tour, and he just said, I'm feeling miles better than I've ever felt before. And that's fed into this season. Two, a manager who improved, improved him and gives him confidence and has been strict with him several times this season, most recently against Wolves when he dropped him for an internal um, issue where Marcus overslept. And the good thing about the manager is he's consistent with everyone. doesn't matter whether you're Cristiano Ronaldo or Marcus Rashford. There are rules. If you don't abide by them, you lose your place in the team. And that seems very fair to me. He's scoring. It's wonderful watching him when he's confident. I think he's scaled back a lot of the non-football stuff. And I think that's to his benefit. I like the fact that, He did a lot of that non-football stuff, taking the British government to task. I think anyone who pushes for free school meals for kids who deserve them should be applauded. But it definitely became a distraction and his form suffered massively. And when I speak to people at the club around him and I ask what you've just asked me, and I ask people who see him every day, they tend to come back and say, he's smiling, smiling every day. He's enjoying his football. And I think if you're enjoying your job and it's, you're fortunate enough to do a job like uh, be a footballer and you fit, you're not injured because he had a lot of niggling injuries and his confidence was helped by a decent world cup. He'd not played for England for over a year and he came back, he scored in, in Qatar. England didn't do too badly. They went out in that fantastic game against France. So Marcus Rashford is in a very good place mentally at the moment. And he's used that word, not me used it several times. He used it after scoring a header you don't always associate Marcus Rashford with headers against West Ham just before the, the World Cup. So the fans are singing for him. M was singing for him last night. And it's been a great season so far for Marcus Rashford. If you ask me who Manchester United's player of the season have been so far, it would be him or, or Casemiro. With notable mentions to players like
1: Lissandro Martinez, another new signing who's doing well. It's funny, the thing about Ten Hag when he was coming in was it was somebody who has a tactical vision, a technical vision for what he wants. The, the man management side of stuff obviously it has to go hand in hand with that and um, being a, a grown-up, being somebody who kind of has that long-term vision and, and something to fall back on is hugely helpful. So he obviously is, is marrying the the uh, mentality of what everybody needs to do with a technical instruction, making Rashford a better player, coaching him in a way. Is there something specific on that side apart from the fact that Rashford is enjoying it? Hmm. Is there a change in role? Is there more responsibility given, is there like a, 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 a tweak that has happened on the technical and tactical side? I
0: think the absence of Cristiano Ronaldo is helping Marcus Rashford. He's no longer there in a dressing room where Cristiano was not always a positive factor. He can be one of the main men now. Eric Ten Hag has brought in coaches. It's not just about Eric Ten Hag. Really diverse coaching base. He's got a Japanese analyst. There's not many Japanese people working in the Premier League. He's got Benny McCarthy, a black South African coach. Benny felt that he wasn't getting the opportunities that he might have got if he was white. And a lot of black coaches will say the same. And Benny McCarthy is a really good coach. He did well in South Africa in management. And Eric Ten Hag brought him in. Benny speaks five languages Benny scored big goals in Champions League matches I mean even knocked Manchester United out players like that they like seeing someone who can still ping the ball and head the ball in training who can wind them up and say listen boys when you've won what I've won come and have a serious chat with me it helps with the mood but on a more detailed basis he can actually say have you thought about doing this because he's been there and done that so there's a real mixture of 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 coaches there. And they're good foils for Ten Hag. They're not yes men. They challenge him. Mitchell Van der Gogh is number two. He's been a manager at big clubs. He doesn't need the job. He'd get another job tomorrow if he left Manchester United. He's quite happy to challenge Eric Ten Hag. So he's created a really good working environment. It's a serious one. He's a disciplinarian. But I've spoken to people in that environment and there were times on the pre season when they looked at the watches and it's suddenly half 11 at night. And Ten Hag's like, Have a beer, lads. We're, working, we're doing a lot of work here. And that doesn't mean eight beers. That's not a pre season tour story of old where you end up fighting and doing arm wrestling with American Marines. It's just relax a little bit. And a criticism of Louis Van Gaal's Manchester United was that uh, he was too strict. If you were 31 seconds late for a meeting, you'd get fined. And some players just walked away from that. So I'm really, really impressed by Ten Hag. And he's got a very difficult job because he's up against really well-resourced rivals, brilliant managers. One of them will come to Old Trafford on Saturday, Pep Guardiola. And Ten Hag last month, he talked about the strengthening he wants to make, the players that he wants to bring in. And mentioned a load of world-class footballers. And he's been fortunate to be back so far, but Manchester United don't have the money to bring him the players that he would ideally want at the moment, nor do the clubs want to sell him. So he's not always going to get his own way. But in Martinez, in Anthony, in Casemiro, he's brought in three really, really good players. Anthony's probably the one who needs to prove himself most out of them, but Casemiro... I can't believe the number of Manchester United fans who doubted him. I'm like, this guy has consistently been one of the best players in the world for a team that wins everything. Why are you even doubting him? Ah, Madrid wouldn't let him go. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Right from the start. And I did his first interview when he came to Old Trafford. I want to come here. I want to play in England. I want to play for this club. Never mind the money. Clearly he's played well. I've won
2: everything. I want to go again. And he's been true to that wonderful footballer. That's an interesting one as well, Andy, because <clears throat> I, I actually watched one of those interviews early on when, when when he joined Casemiro. And one of the things he said was, uh, I think he was apologising for not being able to speak English yet and and speaking about his desire to learn English and learn the culture of Manchester and England and, and really bed in with the supporters and, and the club that way. Kind of reminded me of, of what a lot of people were saying about Gianluca Vialli since his passing, that that was something as well he used to write down notes when he heard an English phrase or something he didn't understand. Casemiro has that as well, where he's not just joining a football club, he's, he's betting into the culture.
0: Yeah, and so are his
2: family living in Manchester.
0: I speak, to, I speak to him quite several times and he's really enjoying himself. And I did that interview that you're talking about, mm. and I'm always going to come at it from a fan perspective, given my background. And the fact that he couldn't speak English meant that I got that gig because I could speak to him in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I've watched him several times in in Brazil, and he was just he knew loads about Manchester United. And I interview footballers every single day, and some of them stand out like like he did. But of course, if you're not doing it on the pitch, none of that really counts for anything. With Viali I shared the sentiments that pretty much everyone in football did. Fortunate enough to spend a day with him a couple of years ago in Lisbon. Never felt so ugly in my life standing next to that man, <laughs> interviewing him. I sent my wife a picture. She's like, you look absolutely terrible. You need, a, you need to need up your game here. And he, he stood there looking like the the world's coolest man. It's, it's absolutely tragic that he's died at his age. And I remember him coming into the Premier League and going to Stamford Bridge and watching him. And he was two steps ahead, and rude. Holly was as well, of most of them other Chelsea players. And it was great for the Premier League to, to have players like him. And now if you extend that on... You're getting, there's more Brazilian internationals living in the northwest of England than in Brazil now. This would have been unheard of to me 10, 20, 30 years ago, but it's happening all the time now. And the, the Premier League, it just becomes more and more powerful. I watch a lot of the League of Football and can see that it's struggling to go against the, the Premier League. But Casemiro, when he combines with Varane, they both run everything at Real Madrid, mm. multiple Champions League winners and it shows I think Manchester United fans were a bit scarred because when Radamel Falcao came in when ana Di Maria came in didn't really work out for them but these two are absolutely brilliant and if you add another two of that level of players you suddenly look at a, a team that can properly challenge because Manchester City is still ahead of Manchester United in the league but then when Casemiro plays United don't really lose matches be really interesting on Saturday I still think City will be favourites but I'd love United to give them a proper game not just win on the counter-attack because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had some very good results against Manchester City, home and away but take it to them like United took the game to Chelsea in October, not seen that for a long time Manchester United attacking away from home against a top team I realise now that me describing Chelsea as a top team is open to interpretation but that's how it felt at the time
2: Um, you might soon have to Andy stand beside the uh, 6 foot 6 inch tall blonde and handsome Wout Veghorst if he uh, does clinch this signing uh, for United it seems fairly close verbal agreement reached if you're to believe what you read Um, a bit of a mixed reaction from United fans it's fair to say seems like a maybe a short term solution to a long term problem albeit it'll only be a loan deal but um, what do you make of this one if it does come through
0: I think the summation there is, is really accurate Uh, Ten Hag has got a compromise. He's not going to sign Mbappe this month. Manchester United have spent the money. Rivals are not going to sell top centre forwards in the January transfer window unless that forward actively wants to get out, like Aubameyang did to Barcelona a year ago. He wanted to leave. There'd been a breakdown there. Arsenal wanted shut of him. That's not happening this year. So I think fans with this one, We'll say more power to the manager's elbow. They'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He knows what he's doing. He's been good with his signing so far. The statistics of the player are good. Didn't work out for him at Burnley, but you can't really hold that against him too much. Made a big impression in the World Cup. He's a goal scorer. And Manchester United need another striker. They need another option. He would have played last night against Charlton Athletic. He's a tall target man. Manchester United do not have a player like that at the moment. And if you think that United took Cristiano Ronaldo out of the squad, Mason Greenwood out of the squad, Edinson Cavani out of the squad, you're three attackers down uh, on, on a year ago. Facundo Palestre deserves a mention. He's a full player. He came on for the last 10 minutes against Charlton. Really, really good. Very fast, very tricky. So that's a potential future positive. And, of course, uh, Alejandro Garnaccio, uh, had a really good run out against Charlton influential throughout the game he's still raw, still got to improve but very exciting player and the fans are getting off the seats when they're watching him and that stadium's full every week never known anything like this either the league games were always full the Champions League games were always full but the League Cup games and the Europa League games are full there's a huge demand to watch live football and it's not just at Manchester United there's non-league teams around Manchester and league clubs clubs like Stockport County, Bolton Wanderers, getting yeah. massive
1: crowds. It's amazing. Andy, we leave it there. Great to talk to you. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.